It's always a good sign when the priest brings out a clock. This passage from the book of Sirach is again filled with all kinds of practical wisdom. And I would think if you want to look at a New Testament book or section that would be a kind of a parallel to it, you might want as a companion to it, I think probably the letter of James. It's very practical on a lot of things, uh, but it is specifically practical on the sins of the tongue. Uh, and uh, it says, you know, the tongue is like a little flame that can set a forest on fire. The tongue is like a little rudder that can steer the ship, but can also, you know, can steer us onto the rocks. So that's one of the most difficult of things, is to not be using language which is meant to praise God to, to be harmful in so many different ways. Uh, we think even in the, uh, in the, uh, the Ten Commandments, which were uh, read at, uh, one of the, at one of the readings of today's Mass, about, uh, you know, thou shalt not uh, uh, have a bear false witness. So, you know, in lying too, we can, or perjury, we can sin with the tongue. So it's a lot about that. Very practical, very real, down to earth. And that's one of the blessings of the wisdom writings. Um, it's very much the kind of things we experience day by day. And we pray that we will be able to let it enter into our hearts and that we might be able to as best we can um, overcome the temptations we have to be uncharitable. So let us begin now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's let go of all those worries, all those burdens that fill up our hearts and minds so much, that prevent us from listening to God and to one another because we're caught up in the storms within us. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Let's ask God's mercy for the hardness of heart, for the sins that we commit of all kinds, which taint our own heart and our conscience and prevent us from listening to the Lord God and to one another. They are boulders in the path, the pathway to our hearts. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Help us, O Lord, this evening to be aware of what these holy words say to our head, that we may know you, to our hearts, that we may love you, to our hands, that we may serve you. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. One who trusts others too quickly is light-minded, and one who sins does wrong to himself. 
one who rejoices in wickedness will be condemned. And for one who hates gossip, evil is lessened. Never repeat a conversation and you will lose nothing at all. With friend or foe, do not report it. And unless it would be a sin for you, do not disclose it. For someone has heard you and watched you. And when the time comes, he will hate you. Have you heard a word? Let it die with you. Be brave, it will not make you burst. With such a word, a fool will suffer pangs like a woman in labor with a child. Like an arrow stuck in the flesh of the thigh, so is a word inside a fool. Question a friend, perhaps he did not do it, but if he did anything, so that he may do it no more. Question a neighbor, perhaps he did not say it, but if he said it, so that he may not say it again. Question a friend, for often it is slander. So do not believe everything you hear. And a person may make a slip without intending it. Who has never sinned with his tongue? Question your neighbor before you threaten him and let the law of the Most High take its course. All wisdom is the fear of the Lord, and in all wisdom there is the fulfillment of the law. But the knowledge of wickedness is not wisdom, nor is there prudence when sinners take counsel. There is a cleverness that is abominable, but there is a fool who merely lacks wisdom. Better is the God-fearing man who lacks intelligence than the highly prudent man who transgresses the law. There is a cleverness which is scrupulous but unjust, and there are people who distort kindness to gain a verdict. There is a rascal bow down in mourning, but inwardly he is full of deceit. He hides his face and pretends not to hear, but where no one notices, he will forestall you. And if by lack of strength he is prevented from sinning, he will do evil when he finds an opportunity. A man is known by his appearance and a sensible man is known by his face when you meet him. A man's attire and open mouth laughter and a man's manner of walking show what he is. One who trusts others too quickly is light-minded, and one who sins does wrong to himself. One who trusts others is light-minded. One translation is shows a shallow mind. One who trusts others too quickly. We need to be attentive. We need to trust, for without trust, life is impossible. Sometimes you say, once burned, twice shy, and you know, I'll never be burned again, I'll never trust again. And that's to box ourselves into a small little box, and there's no life there, no hope, nothing. So we need to trust. 
But we do need to trust and check it out. A little bit of balance there of not trusting too quickly. A man who trusts too quickly is light-minded, is a shallow mind. I think this is true too in terms of the uh, sharing of self. You know, it's a, it's a big thing these days, we must share. Well, yes, within, within limits, but it takes time to grow in trust, wisely to grow in trust. Someone who simply opens the doors of his heart when he walks through the door of the room is a little problematic. <laughs> we need gently, quietly, with time and a growth in trust and knowledge to more and more reveal the inner reality of the heart to those who are our friends, to those who are spiritual director or whatever, a person who's close to us. And sometimes there's something even within the most innermost part of the heart. If all the doors are open, what is there inside? So one who trusts too quickly, who has no discretion, no reserve at all, is light-minded, shallow-minded. And I'm not say, I might say, I, I don't think I would trust someone who is too trusting. We need to slowly, with delicacy, with dignity, with time, become more and more intimate and be able to be more and more vulnerable. And we have to do that because without that, we all lock up. That sense of being able to trust, to be vulnerable to one another is essential to life but we don't do it constantly and instantly. I had a gathering with 10,000 of my most intimate friends. No, that doesn't work. And you look at what happens, you know, like on Twitter and stuff like that. I have never tweeted, je ne tweet pas. I have never tweeted, but I lurk on Twitter secretly. Um, like an alligator in the bulrushes. No, I, because I just, it's fascinating. But you see people are sharing things and oh my gosh, probably more than anyone really wants to know. <laughs> and I'm sure this is true of other things. So one who trusts others too quickly is like-minded. And one who sins does wrong to himself. Certainly to sin is, is against the law of God, yes. But we hurt ourselves in our sins. We become less than what we're meant to be. We say sometimes, well, I'm just human, I'm only human, I've sinned. No, when we sin, we're less than human. And that's why we need to ask God's mercy, especially in Lenten time, and be purged of our sins. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Because we wrong ourselves by our sins. That's why it's such so wise in the greatest poem of all time, based on the greatest theologian of all time, Dante's Divine Comedy and Thomas Aquinas. In, there's, there's where we learn the geography of sin. And those in, in hell, everyone's kind of caught up in punishing himself or herself because of the sin they had committed. It's so the punishment matches the sin. And it's just a self-absorbed little thing. So away with it all. One who trusts others too quickly is light-minded and one who sins does wrong to himself. One who rejoices in wickedness will be condemned. And for one who hates gossip, evil is lessened. 
what's the, I forget, the, I don't know how to pronounce it, schadenfreude or whatever, when you rejoice in wickedness or rejoice in the, the disaster coming upon other people, or if we rejoice in wickedness itself, obviously a person who is doing that will be condemned. And one who hates gossip, evil is lessened. I think we all gossip too much. And our Holy Father very much is, he often preaches on that. He says, get out of the Vatican if you're going to gossip. Well, I don't admit, puts it all into Rome then, but um, <laughs> I mean, we keep going. But I see his point. Um, it's, it's such, it's just the most common thing. And, uh, and sometimes this kind of thing is, is quite legitimate, talking about other people if you have one has a need to do it. But most of the time it isn't. There's a famous uh, uh, sign that on the, the, din the dinner table of, um, of St. Augustine, we know that because his friend wrote a little life of him. And he said he had a sign, let anyone who speaks of another leave this table. And uh, St. Thomas More used to have a little plan B ready whenever people got too harsh in the conversation. He was a man born for friendship, as they say, so he did that uh, always. But he was talking and he would talk about other people and things. But if it got to the point where it was, the conversation was truly, it was really uncharitable, he would say, I don't care what anyone says. The architect of this house did a good job. Look at that beam over there. And you know, got on to some other topic. And that's a very good point. Never repeat a conversation and you will lose nothing at all. With friend or foe, do not report it. And unless it would be a sin for you, do not disclose it. Never repeat a conversation. You will lose nothing at all. We really don't have to repeat conversations. Uh, and unless with friend or foe, do not report it. And we always recognize that if someone's telling us about someone else's conversation, they will probably tell that person about their conversation with us. So that's a thought, you know, it's a thought to keep in mind. And if we're doing it digitally, don't push reply all. This, this, this leads to interesting technological justice and embarrassment, shame, and other such good Catholic things. Uh, with friend or foe, do not report, lest it will be a sin for you, do not disclose it. That, that is um, an exception there. There are times when we need to report what we hear. And sometimes it's important, to, to, depending upon one's position and the situation in life, to discuss things which are negative and confidential about other people. But it has to be for a purpose. It can't be just a, you know, trashing someone. It has to have a certain a purpose to it, which is legitimate. Unless it would be a sin for you not to speak about something, do not disclose it. For someone has heard you and watched you, and when the time comes, he will hate you. That is so true. There's somewhere else in the Book of Wisdom Literature, I think it's in Proverbs, that says, you know, if you speak ill of the king, you know, he'll know it in a short time. And that's probably true. So whatever we say, the one of the great, uh, I guess you could say one of the great uh, rules of thumb is whatever you say, be willing to have it on the front page of the newspaper tomorrow morning. If you want that or whatever you do. Uh, and if you can live by that standard, go right ahead. Um, because it's probably it will end up. Remember Moses when he secretly murdered the Egyptian? 
he thought he kind of buried the body and all that. And then um, so the next day, someone says, what are you going to do to me? Like the, the one you murdered yesterday? So that's true. One of the, I remember hearing one of the fathers of the church or somebody, I forget who it was. I remember a lot of stuff, but I can't remember who did it, who said it saying that one of the great incentives to living a good life is that on the day of judgment, everyone's going to know what we did. So <laughs> at that point, we think, oh my. And so with friend or foe, do not report it. Unless it would be a sin for you, do not disclose it. For someone has heard you and watched you, and when the time comes, he will hate you. May our words be sweet, because we may have to eat them. Have you heard a word? Let it die with you. Be brave, it will not make you burst. With such a word, a fool will suffer pangs, like a woman in labor with a child, like an arrow stuck in the flesh of the thigh. So is a word inside a fool. But oh, what a struggle this is, the sins of the tongue, the desire to talk about things, sometimes again legitimate if it's needed for the common good or for whatever or when a person i think there's also a need to vent at times and that's uh that's probably healthy as long as it's in a good setting uh and with the proper person you know we, we just vent our frustrations maybe if we have someone we can do that with we won't be doing it with everybody else but generally speaking we shouldn't be, you know, speaking things like that. Have you heard a word? Let it die with you. Be brave. It will not make you burst. With such a word, a fool will suffer pangs like a woman in labor with child, like an arrow stuck in the flesh of the thigh. Such is a word inside a fool. And always in the wisdom literature, we have the fool and the wise person. In the great book, the Didache, or the Teaching of the Twelve Apostles, it says there are two ways, the way to life and the way to death, and there is a great difference between them. And the wisdom literature basically says there are two ways, the way of the fool and the way of the wise person, and there's a very great difference between them. But we all tend more to be fools. You know, what fools we mortals be, so it's better to learn from that. And we can learn from that by experience, but I remember my, my first spiritual director said, knowledge makes a bloody entry. It's easier to learn it from a book like Sirach. But if we don't learn it that way, we'll learn other ways. And we hope we do learn with experience. One who trusts others too quickly is light-minded. One who sins does wrong to himself. One who rejoices in wickedness will be condemned. And for one who hates gossip, evil is lessened. Never repeat a conversation and you will lose nothing at all. With friend or foe, do not report it. And unless it would be a sin for you, do not disclose it. For someone has heard you and watched you, and when the time comes, he will hate you. Have you heard a word? Let it die with you. Be brave, it will not make you burst. With such a word, a fool will suffer pangs like a woman in labor with a child, like an arrow stuck in the flesh of the thigh, so is a word inside a fool. 
Let's spend a moment and reflect upon that, each one of us in our own life situation. What does it say within our hearts? And how can we, in this Lent time especially, be transformed by God's grace to turn away from folly and turn to holy wisdom? Question a friend, perhaps he did not do it, but if he did anything, so that he may do it no more. Question a neighbor, perhaps he did not say it, but if he said it, so that he may not say it again. Question a friend, for often it is slander, so do not believe everything you hear. It's, it's a good thing when we hear something to check it out and not to let it sit in our mind unchallenged. It may be true, it may not be. If it is true, maybe we need to know it and do something about it. But maybe it's better to be attentive and communicate with the person they're talking about. And so question a friend, perhaps he did not do it. So often we can hear things about people and it's not, it's not true. Uh, things grow in the telling, especially when malice is added to the mix. And so there's a lot of that. This idea of fake news is, <laughs> I, I hate that term because it seems so crass. I mean, this is just simply reality. Thou shalt not bear false witness. We've had it from day one. So question a friend, perhaps he did not do it. But perhaps he did do it. We don't know. You know, sometimes a person, malicious, vicious, says something, and it's true. Well, there we are. The motivation may have been wicked, but it may be true. Maybe they're driven to speak, to discover, release something that's true, and there we are. That's what, you know, when we tell a lie about someone else, that's bad. But when we tell the truth about someone else, if it's a destructive thing, that is worse. Because the lie can always be unproven. Question a friend, perhaps he didn't do it. But if we reveal a truth about someone, <clears throat> which is not being revealed for a good purpose, it could be that it is revealed for a good purpose, but if it's not, just out of malice, that's, it's hard to get that back especially I think of the technological world, once you put something on the internet, it's, it's there forever. It just goes on and on. You can't really blot it out. And there are things that happen like that. There's just a certain viciousness there because in the world of, you know, of digital stuff, it's, you don't actually see the face of the person. And so it's much easier to be vicious than we would be if the person's there and we can see them face to face. So question a friend, perhaps he did not do it. Then again, perhaps he did. But if he did anything, so that he may do it no more. This is uh, the, the friend saying, you know, I heard such and such. Yeah, it's true. Well, how can we help so it doesn't happen? A true friend does not um, let those things pass. Although we don't want to be always being rebuked by our friends. 
you know, oh my gosh, how much more can I take? But it's good, a true friend will speak the truth. A true friend will speak the truth. That's where, you know, um, we don't want to have a friend, friends who are, well, they'll do it with gentleness and love, but friends, we are no friends who simply flatter, flatterers. They're always found throughout the wisdom literature. You know, I don't know what they call it. I never know how to pronounce it, sycophant or psychophant. Are they sicko or psycho? But whatever it is, it's not good. People, and, and you know, if you're surrounded by people who are saying, yes, yes, you know, it's like having a doctor. You go to the doctor and you've got some deadly sickness. He says, oh, you're just fine. Have a nice day. You know, that's not a good doctor. We have to know. Tell me the truth with some gentleness, you know. Question a neighbor. Perhaps he did not say it. But if he said it, so that he may not say it again. Again, the same thing. He did not do it. He did not say it. Maybe he did do it. Maybe he did say it. But let's maybe help our friend not to do it again and then know that we ourselves, remember, every time I'm pointing a finger at someone else, I got three of them pointing back at myself. So, you know, and I don't think we want to have someone who's going around all the time questioning people, but it may on occasion be the act of a true friend. Question a friend, for often it is slander. So do not believe everything you hear. We've got to sift it. That's like one of my favorite sayings is, it, it, it's true, I think, for a lot of things in life. Measure twice, cut once. I've never been any good as a carpenter, so I wouldn't have a clue how to do it. But the idea is measure twice, get that, get it right, then act. And so don't believe everything you hear, but believe some things you hear. They may be right or they may be, you know, partly right. In my position as a bishop, I mean, I'm always getting people writing me letters, sometimes anonymous letters, sometimes signed. The signed is better. Anonymous may be true, though, you know. Oh, my. And you think, oh, good grief. So, but you've got to weigh it. And we have this, all of us have to do this. I just, it's part of my vocation to be doing this. Is it true? Is it not? So the best thing, if somebody writes me a letter complaining about someone, I say, have you talked to the person? Or I will send this letter to them. You know, let's talk it out first of all. That might be helpful and it might, you know, it solves things. But it's really difficult. Do not believe everything you hear, but we just, this is discernment that we, we have to be able to figure it out. And there's no, I don't know anyone who knows how to do this rightly. It's just uh, with time, we hope one can kind of piece together what is, what is right. And then another thing. A person may make a slip without intending it. Who has never sinned with his tongue? So again, maybe he did it. Maybe he said it. But haven't we all? This is why it's just great going to confession. I mean, it's, um, although everyone, you know, in confession line are always letting the other person go first. Oh, no, you go ahead. But it's, uh, it's just great because who has never sinned with his tongue or who has never sinned? Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Great opening line and a great guidance for life. Because when we can confess as best we can, you know, our own faults and sins, perhaps we will gain in compassion for all the sinners around us who also are stumbling along we say, why doesn't he get better? 
why don't this person improve? They seem to always be doing, well, how have I been doing in my confessions, you know? You end up doing the same thing again and again. It's a long journey, and the journey of life, the marathon of life. Slowly, we hope we grow in humility and maybe get a little better in handling the temptations we face. But it's a long struggle, and who has never sinned with his tongue? I think uh, that would be nobody. <laughs> so question your neighbor before you threaten him and let the law of the Most High take its course. This goes to a different direction when someone's going to like attack their friend or attack their neighbor. Well, let's come, let us reason together. Let's talk it out first. And then even then, sometimes it's better to say, not to deal with it ourselves. Let the law of the Most High take its course. This is very hard to do. We often, I don't know, it may be, depending on one's personality, one often wants to go and fix it, do it, fix it. And sometimes we can't. You know, it's just not gonna work. So let the law of God take its course. And sometimes there's evil that we just don't have the power to deal with. So what we need to do, I think, is do our best where we are uh, and let good shine in this world and grow because goodness has life. Vicious people, evil people, I don't say evil people, people who do evil, um, bitter, angry, and all kinds of people and things we face. We may face it in our life, and we all have our own stories there. Well, we can absorb our whole life in responding to that. That's why there's a good thing in that book uh, by Stephen Covey, you know, expand the circle of influence, not the circle of concern, which is another way of saying, you know, what, Lord, give me the courage to, do, you know, to deal with the things I can the patience to, the serenity to accept what I can't fix and the wisdom to know the difference. So let the law of the Most High take his course. And there's, of course, that famous saying, the mills of the Lord grind slowly, but they grind exceedingly fine. And that's maybe a too uh, pleasant a thought to... Uh, Enjoy. We shouldn't be enjoying that about someone else being punished. Here's the basic line from all wisdom literature. All wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And in all wisdom, there is fulfillment of the law. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That, that doesn't mean being afraid of God. It means reverence for the Lord God and realizing God is God and I am not. Each one of us, maybe in the mirror at the beginning of the day, say, God is God, I am not. Who are we? Know who we are. Be attached, be attached to the humus, the, the, the ground, humility, the fear of the Lord, reverence and awe in his presence. That's why it's good to spend time in adoration before our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament, because then by the light of the tabernacle, which is the light in front of the tabernacle, but by the light of the presence of our Savior, all stuff is revealed for what it is. The lights come on and, you know, the things that seem so great are not so great. The things that seem so small, maybe we need to look at more. 
It just puts things into the proper perspective. And in all wisdom, there is the fulfillment of the law. But the knowledge of wickedness is not wisdom, nor is there prudence where sinners take counsel. That's, that's very important. The knowledge of wickedness is not wisdom. And we have to be careful. He who sups with the devil must use a long spoon, preferably don't do it at all. We can maybe learn, and maybe in some positions in life like mine, I've got to, and you too in your own way, you've got to deal with, well, I remember Pius XI, I think he said, I shake hands with the devil three times a day. Um, we deal with things, but we can't get caught up in the knowledge of wickedness. It is not wisdom. That's why one does not use the ring of the dark Lord to defeat the dark Lord, or it changes us to use the wisdom of the man who found that wisdom by spending time in adoration every single day before the Blessed Sacrament. J.R.R. Tolkien, who said, all joy, all wisdom, all glory and romance in life is found in the Blessed Sacrament. And perhaps by the light of the Holy Eucharist, he realized we cannot use the tools of evil to fight evil or we will become evil. The ring of the dark Lord changes us if we use it. And so it is so tempting when we face the evil of this world and you can fill in the blanks in our own individual lives or in the broader world, just to use the weapons of evil against evil and they may for a moment succeed, but not much more than a moment. And we become different than what we are meant to be. We become what we use against evil. And we eventually just shrink away like the ring wraiths. So it's very hard though, not to, well, we look at our Lord on the cross. I mean, he could have used power to blow away the enemy but instead it is in that sacrificial love that we find evil is conquered. There is a cleverness which is abominable, and there is a fool who merely lacks wisdom. So better to be, a person just may not be too intelligent or understanding, they just may not be wise. Good for them. They can be a very good person. And there can be someone who's really bright, and really sharp and shrewd, and that makes him more evil because he can do bad things better. He's more skill at doing bad. That's why um, just having uh, talent and stuff is not much. The important thing is to use the talents one has for the glory of God and the service of one's neighbor because there is a cleverness which is abominable. I always think of it like Hitler and Churchill were both really good at public speaking. I think of that, what's that Bundy guy, the, the mass murderer and St. Francis de Sales had really good personalities. One used it to help and care for people and the mass murderer used it to lure people in so he could kill them. So there's a cleverness which is abominable. There's a fool who merely lacks wisdom. Better is the God-fearing man who lacks intelligence than the highly prudent man or intelligent shrewd man who transgresses the law. There's a cleverness 
which is scrupulous but unjust. And there are people who distort kindness to gain a verdict. Oh, me, oh dear, you know. And people reach out in love, but they are being deceived. And to play on someone's compassion is a really bad thing. Shifty, illusion. We gotta watch that in others and watch it in ourselves. That's where the first line is. One who trusts others too quickly is, has a shallow mind. But also we ourselves can do that. We can put on an act and we gotta watch it. There is a rascal bowed down in mourning. Oh, but inwardly he is full of deceit. He hides his face and pretends not to hear. But where one, no one notices, he will forestall you. One of the translations says he will take advantage of you. So in other words, there's deceit. But on the other hand, so trust carefully. <laughs> Don't trust too quickly. But just because there are people like this in the world doesn't mean we have to be always on the defense. Because we are like that. What's the point? Basically, we need to trust people to just be a little careful. You get these slimy characters, but you know, we gotta live with that. And it's better in many ways to, to trust and to be tricked on occasion at least than to be constantly on guard. Uh, it's just too stressful. We have to, we can't be always, you know, safe. There's a risk in life and the risk in life is trust. But not to risk it is to die. But sometimes when we risk the thing, our trust will be betrayed, but we can't let that get us down. And if by lack of strength he's prevented from sinning, he will do evil when he finds an opportunity. Well, yeah, that's true, isn't it? Anything St. Augustine said, when looking at a little baby who was throwing a tantrum, a little child, he said, if that little child only had a bit more strength, he would kill someone. Fortunately, he's too weak to do it, but give him a little time and he'll do it, you know? Well, I don't know, but anyway, he may have had a point there. A man is known by his appearance and a sensible man is known by his face when you meet him. A man's attire and open mouth laughter and a man's manner of walking shows what he is. That may be true, you know, I think we, we always see a person's appearance. That's, that's why it's important to think of one's appearance a little bit at least. An open mouth laughter or hearty laughter. Uh, that's uh, you know, a sense that joy is a sign that can cut through a lot of illusion and evil. That's where St. Thomas More is really important. He said, we will meet merrily in heaven, as he said to the people about to kill him. He was cracking jokes on his way up to the scaffold when his head was to be cut off. He said to the executioner, help me up. On the way down, I'll take care of myself. And as he put his head on the block, he said, aim carefully for the sake of your reputation. I've got a short neck. And instead he moved his beard out of the way. He said, my beard didn't commit treason. Now that's something. But of course, my favorite one, I've said this so many times, someone who could just be at peace in his heart. Good old St. John Fisher. I know, and he, they woke him up at five in the morning and said, the king will have you beheaded today. When will that happen? 10 o'clock. Okay, well, wake me up at nine. <laughs> he rolled over and went back to sleep. Oh my. Anyway, that's wisdom too, and that's a, a good conscience. So, one who trusts others too quickly 
is light-minded. And no one who sins, and one who sins, does wrong to himself. One who rejoices in wickedness will be condemned. And for one who hates gossip, evil is lessened. Never repeat a conversation and you will lose nothing at all. With friend or foe, do not report it. And unless it would be a sin for you, do not disclose it. For someone has heard you and watched you and when the time comes, he will hate you. Have you heard a word? Let it die with you. Be brave, it will not make you burst. With such a word, a fool will suffer pangs, like a woman in labor with a child, like an arrow stuck in the flesh of the thigh. So is a word inside a fool. Question a friend. Perhaps he did not do it. But if he did anything, so that he may do it no more. Question a neighbor. Perhaps he did not say it. But if he said it, so that he may not say it again. Question a friend, for often it is slander. So do not believe everything you hear. A person may make a slip without intending it, and who has never sinned with his tongue? Question your neighbor before you threaten him, and let the law of the Most High take its course. All wisdom is the fear of the Lord, and in all wisdom there is the fulfillment of the law. But the knowledge of wickedness is not wisdom, nor is there prudence where sinners take counsel. There is a cleverness which is abominable, but there is a fool who simply lacks wisdom. Better is the God-fearing man who lacks intelligence than the highly prudent man who transgresses the law. There is a cleverness which is scrupulous but unjust, and there are people who distort kindness to gain a verdict. There is a rascal bowed down in mourning, but inwardly he's full of deceit. He hides his face, pretends not to hear, but where no one notices, he will forestall you. And if by lack of strength he's prevented from sinning, he will do evil when he finds an opportunity. A man is known by his appearance, and a sensible man is known by his face when you meet him. A man's attire and open-mouthed laughter and a man's manner of walking show what he is. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, 
world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.